Welcome to Heritage Radio Network on tour. I'm Kat Johnson, and today we're broadcasting from On the Rise 3, the third annual international symposium on bread at Johnson & Wales University in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today's coverage is brought to you by Charlotte's Got a Lot and supported in part by the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. Um, next up, we are joined by someone that we met here two years ago exactly, Henry Jones, um, who is currently working with Anson Mills. Yes. Welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so when we met you two years ago, uh, we were, I think Ted introduced us to you, and he was saying that you were this like wonderkin baker at Butcher and <laughs> Bee in Charleston. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think you had only been there for a year or two at the time. Yeah, yeah. So Butcher and Bee was actually my first um, professional baking experience. Um, I went to culinary school, thought I wanted to be a cook, but fell in love with baking bread. Uh, when I moved down to Charleston, sort of landed at Butcher and Bee. I'm really excited to work for this uh, certain individual, but he ended up moving on, so I was kind of forced to move up in the ranks and just kind of tried to hold it down as best as I could for you know the next two years. Um, and it was when I was baking there that I met Glenn. Um, he would frequent the restaurant, and I just you know by fate happened to be working on some Anson Mills breads and stuff. So, um, and then we just kept crossing paths, and uh, that was sort of our initial introduction. Um, so when did you then? leave and head up to Martha's Vineyard to start working with them? Um, so I had lived on the vineyard before moving to Charleston, uh, and I moved back um, May of last year. So um, I moved back there, and then I had no idea, but his wife actually, uh, Kay Rentschler, who is also uh, part owner of Anson Mills, um, who does all the recipe development for the company, um, lives in Martha's Vineyard, and they approached me to help with a little food truck project. Um, and you know, the relationship just sort of blossomed with, with me and Glenn and Kay. So, so what are, what are you doing right now as far as helping with recipe development? And I think Glenn was mentioning some of the things that are going to be going up on the website soon. Yeah. So, um, I've spent the winter, uh, trying to incorporate a lot of naturally leavened breads and, uh, naturally leavened sort of, um, techniques onto the website because they're lacking. Um, and they wanted me to, um, just use some of my expertise uh, to help out with sort of broadening the website a little bit. So um, it started out simple, which is good for me because I'd never written a recipe before uh, with how to start your own sourdough starter. Um, and it was great. Uh, I wrote way too much about it, but luckily we have a good editor who dialed it back and made it a lot simpler than I made it sound. Um, and then from there, we started working just on naturally leavened bulls, like 100% whole grain, um, some bolted flour, and just really trying to incorporate a lot of the products from the retail side of the site, um, just to keep it simple to start. Um, because Anson Mills is an overwhelming amount of products. So uh, it was good for me to be limited by that, because I can get really excited about all the other things. So. Um, and then from, from just bulls, uh, we have been messing around with focaccia, and I've been focusing on naturally leavened stuff, but kind of doing a combo of things, a little bit of yeast-based things. Um, we just threw up a pizza dough recipe that I'm pretty proud of, which is all sourdough-based, and it's, it's really good. It takes four days, uh, but it's, it's totally worth it. <laughs> and so what are some of the different Ansa Mills products specifically in the grains that you're pulling into some of the recipes? Um, I've been using a lot um, of the red fife. Uh, the winter red fife wheat is just a, a great red flour. It has a ton of really good flavor. And the way that Anson Mills mills it, it just retains all the oils and all the goodness and um, in, in all the nutrition in the flour. So 
I really try to highlight that one um, because it is forgiving in a way. Um, it's really strong and even even crop to crop, there may be some variance, um, but you can usually make it work in breads and um, it's pretty transferable from uh, other whole wheat recipes um, to, to that product, so. When, when home bakers are looking at the website and looking at all the different wheats that are available, do yeah. you have any sort of rules of thumb or, ti- uh, rules of thumb or tips to kind of what flowers do you want to go for for what things? Yeah, I mean, luckily, um, the retail side of the site is pretty limited when it comes to that. So um, we have a, for lack of a better term, an all-purpose flower, which is um, a bolted flower, meaning most of the germ and the bran has been sifted off. So you're left with a white flower, which will give you nice lofty loaves and is is great from bread production and can be used um, in pastry production. It, it, it's a little bit stronger, but we do also have... Um, uh, a couple options of, of more bolted flour, but with with weaker flours for for cakes and more directed towards pastries. And um, they've organized the retail side of the site to be to be really straightforward. So it's it's pretty clear as to what um, you would want to use for bread and uh, pasta and pizza. Um, and they've really sort of dialed it down to have simplified blends um, for just the normal home cook. Once you transition over to the wholesale side of things, that's when it can get a little bit more complicated and the terminology um, could maybe go over the head of just the normal home baker. Um, but if you get really serious, it's fun to sort of dive into that side of things and see the vast amount of products that we have. And are you doing development for more home cooks or also for um, wholesale and chef side? I've been focusing mainly on home cook things. Yeah. Um, I think moving forward, uh, I think we're gonna try to incorporate more wholesale. I mean, we do Anson Mills in general. There's a lot of um, consulting for bakers and pastry chefs if they ever have any issues or are wondering about the right flour for such 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 a thing. Um, they have a whole team and Glenn included to guide people in the right direction. And I think that is a goal in the future um, to use some of my knowledge to help people uh, in bakeries if they're looking to incorporate some more heirloom grains and more whole grain things into their production side of things. and. Um, I've done a little bit of that and did a little bit of that at Butcher and Beef from the start. So I've really been trying to use as much of that stuff as I can just because it's, it's so good. Yeah. Awesome. And so tell me a little bit about the workshop that you are participating in this uh, these couple days at the symposium. Yeah, so it's kind of continuing with this whole thread. Um, I decided to do the one that Glenn is a part of, um, focusing on heirloom grains and uh, more older varietals, more whole grain kind of things. and. Um, it's great. It's um, I've been doing a lot of it sort of uh, alone or with Kay and working collaboratively with um, Glenn, but it's just so nice to have more minds in on it and more people talking about it um, and just being able to uh, answer some people's questions because I have been working with some of these flowers, but also just be able to learn a lot um, from, from Jennifer Lapidus from um, Carolina Ground. She has a, has a ton of information and it's really nice to get all these people that are kind of going in the same direction to be in the same room and be able to talk about the the goals and the future of everything that we're all trying to do um, from farmer to miller to baker it's nice to close off that circle totally yeah, yeah. um so what what was uh what happened in the workshop yesterday and then what's happened so far this morning yeah so uh we've been i feel like we've had a pretty busy workshop um the instructors did a good job of setting up a lot of things in advance um so we were able to bake a lot yesterday but we were also able to mix and shape um, and put some stuff in the fridge so we could bake today. So yesterday um, we focused on polycrop, which is a whole, uh, Glenn can explain it a little bit better, but it's essentially 
um, growing a lot of different varietals of grains and legumes and seeds um, in one field, sort of staggered planting time. So you have seven to 14 different varietals of things that you harvest all at once and mill all at once. Um, and it's good for the tilth, it's good for the soil. Um, and it's just really interesting, the flower that comes out of that. It's bombastic in flavor um, and it's just something new every year. So we made a polycrop ciabatta, um, which uh, Harry P. Muller called polybata. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> um, that was really, really cool to see. Um, and it was something that I don't think any of us had ever really tasted before. And it was really eye-opening to see and have Glenn there to explain the whole process and everyone just to be a little bit more engaged and, and everything. Um, we also worked on three different varietals of uh, 100% whole grain, whole wheat um, sourdoughs um, while using flour from the West Coast, uh, from Central Milling, their 100% whole wheat. Uh, the 100% uh, red fife, which you can get on the Anson Mill site, um, and then uh, 100%, I don't remember the exact varietal, but 100% whole wheat from uh, Carolina Ground. So side-by-side -side comparisons of all those things, which is which is very cool. Any like takeaways from, from tasting them side-by-side -side like that? Yeah, I mean, performance, you could kind of see immediately um, just how much water the flowers could take in. Um, and they were just slicing them over there as I, as I was walking over. So I, I got to taste some of them, but I didn't do a, a whole side-by-side -side comparison. But um, I was amazed by the performance. I mean, a lot of the times you think 100% whole wheat, um, and you're worried it's going to be really dense or really overwhelmingly flavored. But these, these flowers are just, with the fresh milled technology and the care and the growth of them, it's, it's really redefining what whole wheat products are and it's it's great to see it's exciting yeah. um so when you head back uh what are some of the next things you're gonna be working on with anson mills um i think uh moving forward i'm gonna continue to do um some bread work i've been thinking um about uh japanese milk bread which is, is very cool um i'm continually trying to find ways to incorporate rice into breads because um Glenn's, a lot of Glenn's business and Anson Mills in general has started on the Carolina Gold Rice um, and has evolved from there. But it's really exciting to try to incorporate all these, um, uh, like all these products into breads and make unique things. Um, and I think I'm definitely going to try to push forward um, some rye development using rye breads, um, rye flour, and uh, definitely a polycrop. I'm going to try to do some sort of, maybe not a polybata because, you know, Harry P. Muller already coined that one. But something else um, in that realm and try to get a little bit of more of that information out there and educate people on with the, like that. With like a rice bread, what would be the challenges involved with incorporating rice into a dough? So rice is gluten-free, so there's one. And it's also really mild in flavor. I mean, rice is, I mean, Glenn's rice and Anson Mills rice has uh, more flavor than the normal rice, but it, it tends to be um, sort of like a base to a lot of things. I mean. It's nutritious and filling, uh, but often it, it tends to be the accompaniment to something a little bit more flavorful. So um, it's it's tricky because you, you can't really use rice flour um, because it'll start to ruin the structure of your dough. Um, and when you start to cook it and fold it into breads, it doesn't um, add a ton of flavor, it adds really nice texture and nutrition and moisture. Um, but I still haven't quite felt like, I am determined to make a bread that tastes mildly like rice. I just haven't quite gotten there yet. So we'll see with further trials. Yeah. And then what about for, for polycrop? 
uh, breads, since you mentioned that every year can be different depending mm. on what crops are being planted together, what are some challenges you might foresee or maybe like things that would be great about um, trying to teach home bakers to do polycrop breads when there's kind of a variability there? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's just a big challenge in general. And that's uh, something people realize when they start to use um, Glenn's Glenn's flour and, and, and anyone that's growing, working with local farmers, uh, year to year, wheat varies. It's like anything else. Um, and I think it's just going to be one of those things as the years go on. And this type of, uh, this type of grain economy and culture grows, which I hope it will. Um, it's going to be one of those things that you're just going to have to learn as a baker to be a little bit more adaptable and you can't rely on your recipe to be perfect every time. But I mean, that's the beauty of baking. It's just like anything else. It's like sometimes things come in the door season by season they're slightly different and if you're a cook you can it's a little bit simpler to adjust the seasoning of things as a baker you just need to do it more and more and really get the feel for things so i think in general with the polycrop for sure um but with with normal things even staple crops it's there's variance and that's just organic yeah so you have to like almost build adaptability into recipes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and the, you get the feel. I mean, I, I having worked with a lot of this stuff, I have base base recipes and base formulas. Um, but you use your intuition as you're adding water. If it seems like it's not going to take it on, you know, it's like just hold back, see how it develops. You can you can always add more, um, but it's really difficult to pull out water out of a bread or adjust something after that point. And yeah. also, it's just okay to fail. I mean, you if you if the bread's too wet. Dump it into a pan, let it ferment, throw it in the oven. You're going to have a great pan bread. It's going to be nutritious. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be better than anything you can buy at the store. And it's it's a learning curve. And you know that next time you kind of want to, you'll, you'll just adjust. And it's okay. I mean, I fail a lot as a baker. And that's like just all part of it. And it's I learned so much from those failures. So Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with us and yeah. taking time out of the workshop to come talk about polycrops and recipe development and all yeah. the things you're working on. It's super exciting. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, that was Henry Jones. I'm Kat Johnson. Thanks for listening. Uh, once again, thank you to Charlotte's Got a Lot and the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage of the International Symposium on Bread at Johnson & Wales in Charlotte possible.